Welcome back to your favorite show, your favorite podcast, The Extra Podcast. My name is Daniel Markin, and I have one guest in this room. Let's play Guess That Guest. <laughs> you have five seconds to guess your guest. Okay, I'll give you the answer. We are joined around the table by Greg Harris. Hello, Greg. Hi, Daniel. Welcome back from Uganda. Thank you, Greg. You're away with a young adult mission team. That's correct. And Pastor Ezra Okoti led the trip. Mm -hmm. Ezra's in the studio with us right now. Oh, thank you, Greg, for the shout out. Mm. I have to go. I'm a very busy man. Thanks, Ezra. Great to have you, Ezra. Thanks for being here. Ezra hasn't been on the show in a long time, has he? No. Has it been months? No, well, he came on one recently, and it was Did one he? of the best episodes we've ever had. No way. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Why? He's got the magic. He, Ezra is very underrated. Yeah. You know? The guy's a well of wisdom. He is. And uh, he brings a nice perspective to it, but yeah, the, the guy's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. It's true. We give him a lot of, uh, uh, you know, we, we make fun of him a lot around here. But uh, we like Ezra a lot, don't we, Greg? We do. I'm a big fan. A big fan. Uh, speaking of being a fan, you know what's coming up? Comes once every four years. The World Cup. World Cup. Everybody um, be excited for the World Cup. Everybody. It's a worldwide event watched by the world. So you know what I watched the other day, as in last night, uh, on the television? Solo. The Han Solo movie. False. I don't actually care about Star Wars. What I watched was a little feature on the Iceland football team. Wow. They're a country of like 300,000 people. Mm-hmm. And they're in the World Cup. That's crazy. 300,000 people. That's basically like a country of Abbotsford and Langley <laughs> making well, it into the World, the World Cup. No way. So imagine Abbotsford and Langley was our own country. We would be able to produce how many players on a World Cup team? 20? Sure. That we'd be able to produce a team of 20 people competent enough to produce good enough results to get to the World Cup. That's remarkable. And in Iceland, where they said, like, their fields are... Made of ice. Well, they're indoors. All their soccer fields are in these, like... uh, these like warehouses, warehouse looking facilities. And they have a few dozen of them in the wow. country. And it takes 15 minutes to drive between, <laughs> between them. It would be like, that's crazy. It's crazy. So I was watching this and I thought, you know what? Go Iceland. So you're going to pull for Iceland. I think that's, so. They're going to go to the final. Yeah. No, I don't know if I actually think they're going to win. I think that they're going to, they're probably going to be the team now that I watch to, to see how, how their results pour in. And, and I'm going to be rooting for him for sure. Okay. That's a great story. Three and 300,000 people. <laughs> and they can put a, a team together. It's a David Goliath story is what it, it is. It is. That's the best way to interpret that passage is that <laughs> Iceland is David. And Iceland needs to strike down their Goliath. That's right. A.K.A. Germany. Totally. A.K.A. Brazil. Yeah. And yeah. make it to the promised land. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. I'm glad I watched that last night because that made me sound like I actually know a little bit about international football, but I don't. Good. Well, I'm predicting a South American final. I got Argentina mm. beating Brazil in the final. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Well, Greg, we uh, we wanted to do a podcast today, as we do every week. We did. We always want to do a podcast, and sometimes the podcasts don't come. Sometimes we have the robot. This week, however, 
We uh, thought we'd make this more of a business episode. We have a few things that we should be discussing for the future of our church and yeah. the life of our church. And as a result, let's uh, let's just jump in and start talking about some of these things. You uh, made a big announcement. Well, you had a vision night as well. Mm. Why don't you tell people what that is? Yeah, so people have probably heard by this point. Hopefully they have. But uh, we are excited about starting an East Abbotsford campus. Um, that's going to be uh, launching, kind of open to public in uh, October on Thanksgiving weekend, October 7th, I believe is the Sunday. Uh, but previous to that, in the month of September, people who are going to be coming from from Northview to form the core of that church are going to be meeting in the in three weeks in September at Abbotsford Christian School, which we'll be renting to utilize for the, the campus, uh, just to test out what it's like to set up the stuff and run the sound and mm-hmm. just give it a go to it's make sure we're... It's a very sure bare bones experience. Totally. And so we're going to have to build it up from the ground up. And so that'll be an opportunity for us to just kind of have a few... We'll have legitimate worship services, but it'll be kind of a practice run for those who are going to be a part of the core team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the public information about when we're launching is going to be October 7th. Um, and yeah, so I mean, the goal is basically we we have currently tens of thousands of people who live on that side of town uh, in, in our city, and there are a few churches there, but not nearly enough to reach the area. There's a lot of churches um, on this side of town. A lot of churches like west and central. And, yeah, um, not Fairbrook. not very many. Once you start getting into East Abbotsford, there are definitely some, and they they've been there for a long time, and they're doing good work. Uh, but the need is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and increasingly so, it, the city is planning to grow in two main ways. They're planning to densify in the downtown core by another, I think they're saying between 20 and 40,000 people. Wow. And they're planning to grow in the east where they're going to be building a lot of the townhouse complexes and single family homes. Uh, again, upward growth is projected around 40,000 people. So what, what Abbotsford is looking like is that within the next however many years, we're going to be closer to about 200,000 people as a population base with the downtown core highly densified and the east part of our city essentially all residential. So there's no real land available in East Abbotsford to, to purchase, to build on. Um, last I heard, there was maybe one four-acre piece of land that, that could be for sale, mm-hmm. Um but it costs about two million an acre just to purchase the land, wow. not even bring like services to it or build or a build building, a building that could hold a few hundred people per service. So, wow. uh, so churches are going to be priced out of owning property in East Abbotsford. So for us to be able to have an opportunity to work with Abbotsford Christian School, rent their space on Sundays, and hopefully develop a really great long term partnership so that there can be a gospel presence in East Abbotsford, another gospel presence in East Abbotsford for, for the future moving forward, I think is really exciting. So I'm excited to be able to serve as the campus guy. Uh, we're going to have mostly video preach, but, uh, a number of live preaching as well from myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jeff and Ezra and myself will come over and Andy, but via video. And I'm, I'm excited about the team coming with me too. I have uh, Todd Wickens is going to be leading worship and, Thalia Sawatsky is going to come as another pastoral support there, and she'll she'll be a great a bridge builder for all kinds of different things we got going on in the life of Northview. Um, and Crystal LaForce is going to be leading our kids ministry, and we have Tessa Sperling, who we stole from you guys and young adults. 
who's going to be coming over to help us make everything run in East Abbotsford. So the team, I think, is really strong. Um, and we had a vision night a few nights ago on Sunday, and we had a really great showing. A lot of people seemed really engaged and, and excited. And so uh, we have another one coming up on June 24th. Cool. Where we're going to, the first one, we were basically talking big picture. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? The next one, we're going to have more kind of a nitty gritty detail conversation about, so what is it going to take to actually pull this thing off? Yeah. Um, and how, how do people need to get involved if, in order for this to actually work? The, the, the motive for all of this is, is the mission of God. Mission of God. It's not to just create space at Downs Road. Um, so it doesn't matter how many people we start with. The goal is is to reach people who are unchurched and dechurched. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's helpful for us to keep our mind wrapped around the idea that this isn't just a space saving mechanism for Downs Road. This is an opportunity for us to engage in a part of our city that's growing and underchurched, mm-hmm. and and see what the Spirit of God might want to do through it. Okay, so playing devil's advocate, then, do it, do it. Uh, say I'm a. I live on that side of town and the local big church is moving in and putting another campus mm-hmm. on that side of town. Uh, are they now trying to steal congregants? Is that, how would you approach that language? Are you trying to now compete with other churches or if someone accused you of that, yeah. what was the, how would you respond to that? What kind of language would you use? Uh, the language I would use is that we have zero intention of stealing people from other congregations. Um, the reality with these kinds of things though, uh, if you talk to some of the guys from some church planning networks like C2C who operate their offices out of our facility upstairs by with MB Mission, uh, some of the other church planning places, they'll tell you that when a new church comes up, there is a bit of sheep shuffling. It happens. Um, but that's not an intention. So if that takes place, uh, I'll, I'll probably try to walk a line of saying welcome here and also maybe consider going back depending on the reason why you left. Um, cause I've, I've no intention of having people from other churches come just because it's the new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, God, God leads people to make decisions about what local church to be a part of for all kinds of different reasons. And so I don't want to do a, a broad brush and say no one is allowed to come from other churches because it might be the best move for their family. Right. But the intention is to mobilize a core group of people from our church to, to be serving and inviting people to that local gathered assembly to hear the gospel. And so the, the intention is one of, of mobilizing for mission rather than just, you know, getting a few sheep shuffling from different existing churches. So part of my, my, uh, my process of going from where we are now to, to eventually launching is having conversations with the pastors of those churches on that side of town, and just saying, how can we pray with you guys? How can we pray for you? Are there ways that we can appropriately partner mm-hmm. together? Um, just try to create good lines of communication to say, look, I have no interest in in just taking some of your people. Yeah. Uh, there's enough room. There's enough work to be done in that part of our city that uh, all of those churches could thrive and there would still be more work to do. Yeah. So how can we, and then you can go to them and ask, what are some of the struggles that you've had, particularly on this side of town? Mm-hmm. What are some of the areas that you're excited to see? And you mm-hmm. can get their insight on, because even on other sides of, of Abbotsford, there's different 
cultural norms and, oh, totally. and cultural things. Yeah. So that'll be actually, I think that's great. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, people ask me quite regularly, what am I expecting? And the, the short answer is I basically have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm expecting that we're going to have church services coming this fall mm-hmm. and we're going to do everything we can to, to make the kids ministry and the Sunday morning experience really great. Um, to start, we're not going to have our own youth groups or men's or women's Bible studies. We're going to, we're going to send people to Downs Road for that kind of stuff just because we, we just don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. We don't know the size. We don't know the needs of that community of, of what we're actually going to find when people start coming. What, what do we need to do to disciple these people? Well, and how, how do I mobilize these people to reach their neighbors for Christ? And so we don't want to overcommit to certain strategies, um, beforehand without, knowing what strategies we actually need to commit to. And this is very much a new thing to Northview um, with this type of church planning and, and moving forward in that. So all of this is, you know, if we fail, we fail. Yep. And if it works, that's, then we'll continue yep. to do the work and, for sure. and uh, God will get the glory. Yeah. So, yep. great. okay. Awesome. Greg. Well, thank you. Yeah. A bit. I'm sure this will come up over and over again. Um, obviously there's the next vision evening. Did you already mention that? Yeah. June 24th. June 24th. Before June 24th though, we have a pretty significant meeting for our church family though with the congregational meeting. Yes, we do. So uh, the AGM. Yeah. What is the date of the AGM? It is June 19th. It's a Tuesday night. So anyone who's involved with the ministries of Northview is welcome to attend. Um, we have, if you're a member, then you're actually uh, empowered to vote. Um, but if you are interested, you can attend anyways, if you just want to hear some of the conversation that's going on and a huge part of the conversation is going to be this vision for multiplication mm-hmm. of, of seeing churches multiplied globally and locally, um, and establishing a, uh, a multiplication fund that's going to be in the tens of millions of dollars for the purposes of, of building here, of, uh, here at Downs Road of, of, planting churches locally and globally. So like really big conversations, like culture shifting for the life of our church kinds of conversations. Well, culture shifting and attitude shifting too. I mean, we're going to have to sacrifice on certain things. And I mean, for example, like the East Abbey for the first part, that's not going to be a comfortable place to go worship, but it's going to be, make it as comfortable as you can. And you have your people and you go forward and do the the mission of God. Mm. Right. So it's, and, and things will grow and, but again, like you, like you said, you're not in a worship center, you're in a gymnasium to right. start. Yeah. So it's very rugged and this might be, I think this is the attitude and the posture that we should have when mm-hmm. going forth with the mission of God, any way possible we'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this, so this meeting's interesting because Northview's elder, um, eldership and governance model, mm-hmm. um, is congregationally led, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the, our, our, uh, governance structure is an elder led congregational model. So what that means is that at the end of the day, the congregation has the responsibility to determine the vision and the direction of the church. As opposed to what are some other models? Um, so some other models would be, uh, strictly elder led. Um, where, where the elders just make decisions and set the budget without having to have any approval from the congregation. Um, some, some congregations are, are simply congregationally led. There are no elders that, that oversee the strategic, um, vision of the church. It's something that's determined by the congregation. So one of the mis- 
understandings of Northview's particular iteration of congregationalism is that every decision, every major decision needs to be made by the congregation. Yeah. So for example, one, one way this gets played out is people will say, well, the congregation should have decided to plant a campus in East Abbotsford or not. That that should have been a congregational decision. But the reality is, is that with our governance model, we have an elder-led congregational model. So what that means is that the congregation appoints elders to lead and provide the vision and the strategy for the congregation. Um, and, and the way that that vision gets implemented is through our annual budget. Mm-hmm. And so the way the congregation affirms the vision of the elders is by the affirming of the annual budget. So they'll be affirming the East Abbey plant by the affirming of the budget coming at the AGM. Yeah, correct. Okay. So it it wasn't, uh, in other words, our model isn't isn't, uh, designed to say that every strategic move of our church has to be a, a purely congregational approach. What we say is, no, actually, we believe that congregation has appointed elders, uh, we believe that there should be a, a plurality of elders. We believe that's the New Testament model that Paul would go into an area and he would plant a church and he would appoint elders of that church. And he tells Timothy, when you go into your church, appoint elders. Mm-hmm. So there should be a plurality of leaders and those leaders should be the ones who protect the doctrine and who set the vision of what the church is about. Um, so we that's what we do. So so the main strategic work, um, the strategery is, is lived out, is implemented by the elders. And then the pastoral and staff team are the ones who actually implement the vision and execute it and execute it. Cool. And so, so the, to do something like an East Abbotsford campus is a strategy that the elders are wanting to, to pursue. And however, it, when it comes to major um, financial involvement in projects, uh, so if we decided we wanted to build something on site at Downs mm-hmm. Road. Or, that, so yeah, the, that's on the table for this meeting, correct? Right. Yeah. So any anything that comes to dollars and massive uh, significant expenditures, the congregation has to approve those over and above the, the operating budget kinds of things. So so that's where, you know, y- you could you could say you don't like the way that the elders are leading the church by voting against the budget, essentially. Um, Thankfully, we've had a really great uh, rapport between congregation and elders for a really long time. And, and I think that the vision that the elders have set with this desire to make disciples by multiplying healthy local churches. I mean, I I don't know if there's anything more, more uh, meat and potatoes, biblical, philosophy of ministry than, than making disciples by multiplying healthy local churches. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty core to what it means to be a Christian church. And so, cool. so I don't think the vision is, I think the vision is, is big and it's important and it's, it's biblical. And I'm, I'm optimistic that the congregation is hearing that and they're seeing it in the scriptures and they're saying, you know what, the Lord has invested in us as a church and we need to make good use of that investment and and be proactive and aggressive and and do whatever we can to see more disciples being made by multiplying healthy local churches. So so it'll be we'll get to see uh, next Tuesday uh, or um June 19th we're going to be able to see that's the day the the congregational elder led model 
employed. And you'll hear, right, in some of the questions that'll get raised from the, the floor, you'll you'll hear people kind of shifting their mind of, of thinking this is either too congregational or too elder-led, but that's kind of the tension that that our church lives in, where we, we think that the congregation is is called to be an autonomous group of people who make decisions for themselves, that we don't necessarily have a, a group of people over top of us dictating exactly how we need to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't. We don't have another group of people dictating to us who needs to be our pastors or our elders. That's some other church models where your leadership is just handed to you rather than the congregation discerning those leaders themselves. Um, but rather we have a, a great hybrid of elder-led congregational that I, I think gives us enough strategic freedom to actually do something, but also significant uh, accountability to the congregation to make sure that what we're doing is actually what our congregation wants to do. Yeah. And so the congregation votes, uh, particular members vote. Yep. So if you're a member at Northview, we encourage you to come out Tuesday for this uh, very big day in Northview's uh, history. And uh, membership is something we is actually really great because yeah, you can have a voice in this, say mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. So rather than just sitting on the sidelines, you can actually get involved in that. Um, what about those who aren't members, Greg? Are they able to come to the meeting and observe? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, if you're if you're interested in the ministries of Northview, if you're invested here, even if you're not an official member, you're you're invited to come. We're going to be in the worship center, so there's going to be lots of room. The only distinction would be if you're not a member, you won't go to one of the tables to sign in. They're not going to yeah. cross your name off the list to say this Daniel Markin is present and he's been he's been given his voting cards. That's the only distinction in terms of of your involvement in the event and that kind of stuff. It's yeah. all it's all the same. And so, so, yeah. so if you're not a member, just grab a coffee, sit down, and yeah. enjoy the the discussion and yeah. seeing where the church is going. Because I think people would appreciate you having you there, and I think it'd be good for you um, if you're not a member to just be there yeah. and and consider actually becoming a member as well. Yeah. And for all of us to just be really prayerful that, that the spirit of God would lead us as a, as a community of faith, that, that there'd be a real clear sense that, you know, this seems good to the Holy spirit and us to go in, mm-hmm. in, in this particular direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm optimistic. I, I'm not normally optimistic, but I've worked long enough with Kyle Meeker that, Becoming that his optimism is rubbing off on me. But other Kyle Meeker traits have rubbed off on me, including taking photos of things on screens. Yes. Like if you're working on a whiteboard and you wrote stuff on a whiteboard before erasing it, you, you, you take a photo of it with your phone. I used to think that was super dorky. And now I do it all the time because it's the, that's discipleship. Kyle discipled me into that. He just <laughs> modeled it for years in front of me. And now I'm like, you know what? That actually is very convenient. It became you. I've become, I'm like, I'm becoming like Kyle in scary ways. I don't know if I I don't, this was a very, uh, profound direction uh, that we took here. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know this about myself and (laughs) this has kind of become like therapy for me. This is a therapy, Greg. Tell me how you feel about this, this change of you becoming like Kyle. Do you now have visions of playing D3 basketball? (laughs) Let me just lie down on this couch here. I think it actually stems from. Greg my, is now lying on the table. It actually, this actually stems from being on the bench on the grade nine basketball team and feeling like I was left out. No one says no to Greg Harris. No one says no. Okay, Greg. Well, so again, come out to the AGM Tuesday and be praying for the AGM as well. Um, as the Lord brings it to mind, we'd, we'd ask that you be. We just want to drench and, and cover all of this in mm-hmm. prayer and uh, and submit this to the Lord. 
So, Greg, let's just go to the last thing here. This podcast, mm. the extra podcast, has been around for years. I mean, I listened to this when I was a young teenager, you know, couldn't even drive my car. Then I got my license, and guess what I listened to in the car? The extra podcast. The extra podcast. And then when I was lonely in my dorm at college, you know what I listened to? The extra podcast. The extra podcast. Man. And you know when I when I uh, was bored of other podcasts, you know what I'd, I'd go back to and re-listen to? Nine Marks. The extra podcast. Oh. And then... And then do you remember what the first episode was, Greg? What it was called? I don't. Groundhog Day. Really? It's episode one of the extra podcast. Really? It was, yeah. Darcy Coon hosted. Yeah, he did. And it was Ezra, Jeff, and Darcy? Just the three of them? I have no idea. I don't remember. Mm. They, you've had up to almost eight people at a time at the podcast. Yeah. It got a little bit extreme. It was it, a little much. It was. It was kind of like a boardroom meeting at one point. It is a boardroom Kind of like a business podcast like this one is. Totally. Now, the the evolution of the podcast continues. As yeah. we speak, there are, you know, there are pl- things in place and plans, tentative plans in place about this future of this podcast. Greg, can you just give the people a teaser of what to expect? Yeah. So uh, we have found the extra podcast a really valuable way of engaging with some of the common questions that people uh, would raise, uh, particularly about sermons, but about other things as well. And uh, if you've been a longtime listener, you know that that this podcast has taken on many different forms and has ta- had different segments and different hosts, all that kind of stuff. Um, this past year, though, we did a little bit of reflection and we, we started asking ourselves the question just just from a pure discipleship perspective. If, if we could start over with a podcast strategy, what would we want to do in podcasts to best disciple people? If the goal is to make disciples, the question was, does the current podcast roster, particularly the extra podcast and the bonus podcast, do those podcasts actually get at how we want to disciple people? Um, and so I think the question, and then we had an idea came to mind which was the sound you just heard, was, was the idea that came to our mind when we were in the meeting. And we, we were talking about basically, look, if, if we had the opportunity to, again, I think we would still want to have a way to engage with people about, you know, talking through what was just heard on the sermon. Um, how, how do we unpack that difficult text? How do we unpack that difficult application? Uh, was there anything that you wish you could have said that you, you didn't because of time? All that kind of stuff. So I, there's still, I think, going to be a place for that kind of a conversation moving forward. It'll probably be a little bit of a shorter one, like a 15 to 20 minute podcast, probably still called something like extra um, to, to, to show, you know, this is like the extra, an extra little conversation on top of the sermon. Uh, we also, though, see huge value in part of what the extra podcast and what the bonus podcast talk about is some of the more practical theological stuff, like how, how does this Christian thing apply in our culture or how do we see the culture, uh, opposing this Christian value or principle or doctrine. Uh, and so I think we're going to have, we will have another podcast that focuses more on kind of everyday issues, the usual subjects that people normally talk about stuff that's trending in the Christian culture. Um, so that'll kind of play a role in helping, uh, scratch that, uh, bonus podcast itch, which is mostly what, what Crystal and Thalia and the team over there have been focusing on. Uh, but we also two things. So we're, we're kind of continuing the extra bonus podcast, but with a little bit more focused, uh, content content and probably a little bit on the shorter end for both of those. 
Uh, and then we're going to add two more podcasts to the roster. Um, and those ones are going to be focused on studying scripture and just reading passages of scripture and talking through them. And we're also going to be talking, having another podcast focused on the, the content that we go through at our Thursday morning theology class, have about a 30 minute review of, of what did we just talk about at Thursday morning theology and why does that matter for us as a church? Cool. So, so that'll be, that'll be good for people who maybe can't make the Thursday AM yep. theology class, but they want to catch up and listen to at least some of the, yep. uh, the teaching. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the plan. If you've been a part of Northview for any stretch of time, you'll know that we make plans and then we change them because we have to adapt to different stuff. So, um, I don't have any real specific details about when that plan is going to unfold or if it's going to include all four of those podcasts or maybe only two or three of those podcasts. But eventually our goal is that we're going to be able to have four weekly podcasts that come out that will be intended to help disciple us as a congregation to, to think through more about the sermon, to think through some important cultural issues, to, to read the scriptures and talk about what passages mean together and to, to think about some more theologically proper categories like systematic theology, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, we're going to do our best to try to unroll that lineup in the, in the coming months, probably launch something over fall a little bit more formally. Um, so we might be taking a bit of a break at some point over summer from some of these podcasts to kind of give us a fresh start, but, uh, you'll probably hear, hear more about that as, as the days and weeks come along here. We're going to focus first of all on getting the AGM done. Yeah. And, and getting some of the vision nights for the East Azure campus done. And then once those dominoes have fallen, then I think we'll have some more information on when we're starting those and what who who's going to be involved in those podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Because you are our devoted listeners, we wanted you to know <laughs> the uh, some of the discussions. And feel free to send in your feedback Yeah, actually, about what you great. think about that. Uh, email us at extra at northview.org. Let us know what you think about having a more focused extra podcast that focuses more specifically on, on the sermon and then leaving some other conversations about theology and about culture to other podcasts that can have a more focused um, intent as well. Great. Well, folks, thank you for listening to this episode. It's a quick one. We have uh, things to get to, don't we, Greg? You know what? We also, we we are recording this a little bit later in the day because uh, we had a going away lunch for one of our long-term staff members, Cecilia. Almost 10 years, right? Steen Comp. Um, She was our office manager and executive assistant for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's moving with her family to Australia in the summer. And so we, we just had a going away lunch. And so people were... We're a little shook, man. She mm. she's one of those people that when people think about Northview, they think about, you know, the the names of of pastors. Um, but in, in reality, the ministry of this church would look vastly different had Cecilia not worked as hard and as diligently as she did. So we all gave her all kinds of praises behind the scenes, but um, you all should know as listeners that that it's it's the men and women who, who serve on weekends, who serve behind the scenes, who serve on staff, who serve in all kinds of different capacities, uh, some publicly, some privately, some with all kinds of thanks and email and some completely thankless yeah. for decades, uh, that make Northview community church who we are as a church family. And so Cecilia was a major part of that. And, uh, she's going to be dearly missed. So, so part of the reason why some people aren't here that normally are is that we're they're finishing off some conversations with her and blessing her and praying for her. And so, 
uh, yeah, we'll uh, pick up the podcast next week and I'm sure Daniel will have a more intriguing guest and talk about something more than just some business stuff. But hey, sometimes you just got to get to work. It's a, it is a work podcast, just Greg. give some people some information. The church can't be always be fun. You got to do some work sometimes. Too. Once in a while. Once in a while. Great. Well, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.